0: there's no more exciting time in the AFL season than Grand Final Week, and it's upon us now, so to talk us uh, through what may happen on the weekend and some other news floating around the AFL world, we have uh, Fox Sports and the Herald Sun, John Ralph. Morning, John. How are you? Hello, guys. Uh, just uh,
1: a heads up. We're mm. going to triple overtime in the grand final. I, I don't even I, I don't even know exactly how the <laughs> overtime protocols work, but we are going to triple overtime because if we can have a Brownlow medal where the last vote of the night <laughs> gets Patrick Cripps three votes, if we can have the home and away season we had, if we can have the... Well, at least five of the finals so far have been absolutely epic. Um, yeah, I just think that's the only way, especially in a week in which, you know, the greatest player the game has seen in the modern era signs <laughs> a one-year deal unexpectedly with a, you know, a mic drop, Uh, press release in uh, Buddy Franklin. Yeah, it's been that kind of year, and I just think the finish is going to be even better.
0: Well, it could be, uh, and this may be sacrilegious to you, uh, John, but I don't find the Brownlow medal night that fascinating, listening to the CEO uh, reading out the votes uh, from round one (laughs) right through to round 21 or whatever it may be. But this one had an incredible finish, if nothing else.
1: No, it's a bit like an NBA game, isn't it? You fast forward to the last two minutes. Uh, <laughs> I'm normally there. It's not in the room, at least sort of in an antechamber, sort of writing a colour piece. And this, though, wasn't that, uh, wasn't on uh, Sunday for the first time because it was my wife's birthday. And, um, yeah, I've got to say, yeah, the first, um, well, let's call it the first 15 rounds. I, w- I like watching paint dry and I try and throw a bit, a few packages in there, some of which fail and some of which succeed. But yeah, it, it was absolutely captivating. Of course, they, um, they know the votes ahead of time, at least by a couple of hours. And so they are able to rearrange it so that there's a the maximum drama in that last, uh, round. But um, yeah, Patrick Cripp should have been suspended for his um, for his hit on Kalamachi. He it uh, was upheld by the tribunal. It was overturned by an appeals board on an arcane you know point of order. But all of that really only added to the drama. And I don't think anyone who believed that he should be suspended would quibble about the worthiness of Mm. him as a winner. Uh, He was unbelievable in good games and bad. He fought against the tide when Carlton was, you know, going down the sinkhole of their finals chances being evaporated. He's a a lovely fella. He had great uh, anecdotes and insights into, you know, the the speech issues that he'd had. He's so nervous talking to the media. And anyone who saw him in his um, post post, uh, win speech just saw a bloke with rare class and charm. And yet, on on the footy field, you know, a real pit bull, you know, he's everything we would love to have in a game. If will uh, someone who should have been suspended and effectively knocked out of contention.
2: We are in grand final week. Ralphie, the attention is going to be taken away from the grand final today. There's a report that was released about 5am this morning on the ABC's website in relation to uh, a situation at Hawthorne during Alistair Clarkson's coaching period there. Uh, it's allegations of racism against our, our First Nations players. Uh, you're up to speed with how this is unfolding?
1: Oh, I am, and, and, and uh, just the bare bones of it, I've just read through the story once, um, uh, you know, it is still early here. And so effectively the, the, the nub of the allegation is that when Hawthorne commissioned a, a do-better-style report, of course, the Collingwood-style report, um, they uncovered, you know, allegations. And, and effectively at the heart of them is that um, Indigenous players were told um, to separate from their partners And in in at least one allegation there, a player was told that his partner should have a uh, a forced termination of their pregnancy. And then effectively um, some of those players, and indeed this player as well, I believe, were told to change the SIM cards in their mobile phones and effectively cut those partners off. And so um uh, the extra layer to that is that Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan, of course, currently the Hawthorne coach and currently the new North Melbourne coach, were in some of those meetings. Now, it's not claimed that they were the people who made those uh, specific demands. Justin Burton, the, the player development manager, is someone whose name's... And that report, you know, quotes extensively the partners of, and I believe in some of those players in regards to, you know, the, the exact practice there. So I think everyone would suggest that at times a welfare manager might suggest that a partner of a player is not the ideal fit. Um, but to suggest that they should you know, force a termination, force a, a, um, you know, the removal of that player from their relationship, um, you know, let alone with the sensitivities of, as you say, our First Nations people is an absolute bombshell allegation. Now, we must say it's, it's that allegation. We haven't heard from, from Fagan and, and, um, and uh, Clarkson on it. But, yeah, I was going to say it'll hijack grand final week. No, it's a, it's an absolutely worthy story that should be investigated to its fullest extent. And if it takes some of the gloss of grand final week, that's what will so be it. That's exactly what should happen.
2: And uh, yeah, something else now that plays out during this week is exit meetings at clubs from high-profile players and requests to be traded to other clubs. This always seems to be growing year after year, and we know this part of town or this part of the country, Josh Dunkley wants out of the doggies. He wants to be a aligned, but there's been some other big names requesting trades as well, Ralphie.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And so I still think the Josh Dunkley one is, uh, is as big as it gets. And so you guys had Danny Daly on yesterday and he said that the, the Dan McStay, the high profile free agent, well, he didn't say, it, but we would believe he's likely to request a, a, um, a free agency move to uh, Collingwood uh, uh, today. And so I think the fascinating one, you know, so many of these are, are interlinked. You know, clearly Brodie or Collingwood, someone who wants to move on, or who's been told to move on for salary cap reasons, and their and the reasons are that they want to get four or five players in. And so, you know, the, the flow-on effect of Josh Dunkley, with the Western Bulldogs, his current team will last for two first-round picks. Well, um, Brisbane just don't have those, given they're going to bring some father-sons in. And so, you know, what does it do for the Brisbane list? Is there a um, you know, a player like Kadeen Coleman, who uh, the Western Bulldogs would say would love to have him? Is there a player like Devon Robertson, who just had such a critical role in the finals? Um, you know, he's a required player, but there's always been links to, to his home back in Perth. You know, do, that, do the Lions have to trade someone like him to try and secure the picks to then hand on to... The Western Bulldogs, and so um, yeah that that snowball effect that um, that trickle down effect is going to be fascinating across so many clubs, and as you say th- this trade period is one where almost you 'd have to say all bets are off we 're going to see so many bombshell surprises coming through you know, the next two and a half weeks because, um, because clubs just need to find the picks and the players to try and, um, to try and satisfy rivals. Ralph,
0: you've had a uh, fabulous season. I think everyone would agree with that, and some of the finals have been to die for. I mean, uh, I thought watching uh, the Woods and uh, the Swans, it, the tension—it was excruciating. I mean, are we going to have a grand final worthy of the season? Do you think?
1: Oh, I really hope so. You know, and and, and that's because you know Geelong is, I, I think, clearly the most dominant team in this competition, and so you know there is always the potential for that last quarter and a half of a grand final to be a blowout, and yet you know Sydney just never stops albeit they did come close to stopping against Cullingwood, of course, as they mm-hmm. fought back from more than 40 points down. But, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously the injury intrigue is, is fascinating there in that um, Sam Reid, their, you know, their second forward, has a groin strain. But apart from that, Sydney goes in pretty battle-hard and pretty ready. You know, Nine-match winning streak. Obviously, Geelong's is 15. Um, you know, They have their own issues with Max Holmes, who I think is more likely to play off a hamstring strain. We'll find out today how he goes to their main training session. But you know, both of these teams, they just keep coming, uh, they they really wilt. Um, they're pretty evenly matched. Um, you know, both have elite defences. So you don't think a, a key is going to come out and kick seven and take the game away from every, anyone. So I suppose my point is I'm trying to build a case that this is a, a grand final. Let, let's hope we'll, we'll go mm. down to the wire like, you know, many of them in recent history. Mm.
2: Ralphie, yeah, we, we know the Norm Smith is a, is a massive uh, part of the AFL grand final and so many fans look forward to trying to get the winner. Have you ever been invited to, uh, to vote on, on the Norm Smith? No, not the Norm Smith,
1: but I've been there as, uh, as some of my colleagues have and, and others have had quite significant uh, bets, you know, on a certain winner and I've tried to very heavily lobby them. Now, thankfully, I wasn't
2: really so, asking so, for that information.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, but but it is nerve-wracking. I've done a lot of those sort of Anzac and um, different sort of medals. I just think you go for the value. So what's your history show you? Okay, so intercept markers, like Brian Lake, so that would throw in that Tom Stewart type who, you know, has taken all before him. You know, can he small forwards there like um, uh, Paul Chapman or like uh, um, uh, Stevie Johnson? And so I think you look at a Tyson Stengel or, or an Isaac Heaney, obviously your star midfielders, In you know, we've seen, of course, with, with Dustin Martin. So, you know, the star midfielders who can go forward and kick goals. Um, yeah, or the bloke who you know, the Mister Fixit in you know Cal um, Cal Mills, who's you know he can play midfielder, can push the half forty, he can tag, he can go back into defence. So I'm giving you every single player in the, <laughs> on the field, but there's some of the guys you go for if you're looking for a bit of um, yeah, if you're looking for a little bit of value there, and in what is a bit of a crapshoot of, of a day in terms of who can win. So yeah, don't, don't go for the four dollar um, favourite, go for the, the bloke who's fifteen bucks, and we'll give you a bit of fun for your money.
2: My, my question was really based on: Do you feel a lot of pressure? being in that situation to name such an important award
1: no doubt yeah and, and my colleague uh, glenn mcfarlane who was not the one who was um who was uh succumbing <laughs> to pressure yeah he, he says he's done it before and feels absolutely sick yeah it feels you know it feels like yeah, he's fully aware of the fact that everyone is going to um judge you um so you, you know, you're looking at the stats you, you know wondering about that sleeper um you know you'd be just so desperate for a dustin martin to emerge as someone who's the consensus pick. And there's times where you know you can go with your heart and go with a bit of a left field choice, but just there is so much pressure on you to get it right. Thankfully now you're you're able to um, wait till the end of the game. Not like of course that you know that famous um, mm. Brisbane Collingwood grand final where you know got so many of those uh, judges would have changed their vote if they were allowed to wait until the last five minutes as Brisbane and, and Michael Voss took over. So yeah, the pressure there is extraordinary.
0: And, John, of course, uh, the game is big enough in itself, but what surrounds the game is also uh, fascinating down in Melbourne. You've got a four-day carnival basically now with Thursday being the holiday. Uh, What can you tell us about the entertainment surrounding the day and uh, the parade? At one stage it sounded like it was
1: going to be a triathlon up uh, up the river and then (laughs) along the road. What's it ended up at? Well, it's almost like that. So it's 20 minutes that these guys are on, you know, boats or, you know, I don't know if they're tugboats. I don't know what they are. <laughs> but, you know, barges. I think they're barges. That's what they're the So these guys are going from, yeah, basically Fed Square down there to a, to a live site. Um, you know, it, it looks like it's going to be sort of 14 degrees and sort of a bit cloudy for grand final days. So, but, but what Gilliam McLaughlin is promising is he promising he's 250,000 people sort of on the banks of the Yarra. Now, clearly we know that Robbie Williams is the, I think it's an 18-minute set pre-game. Now Gil McLaughlin you know couldn't keep a secret. I think yeah. what we're looking towards is Kylie Minogue. I think at halftime. Ooh. So uh, I so I think Robbie and Kylie might reunite for a, a set. Um you know of course they had that famous duet you guys are the music lovers. You mm-hmm. tell me what that one was. Yeah, Paula. Huh? But um <laughs> yeah, yes. But so 2:30 um uh, with a full lead-in with an under-17 game and a, and a, and a best-of women's game at Punt Road, which is only a couple of minutes away. And you know, as you know, we've been football starved for so long. Yeah. Um, you know, we've finally got the, the grand final back, and it's birthright. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and all of that with a couple of days of a lead-in, as you say, with two public holidays, should just mean that, well, well, by the time we get to the bounce, we are absolutely at fever pitch.
2: We've only got 30 seconds till Newt's time here. Ralphie, who wins the grand final?
1: And Geelong wins the grand final. Uh, Tyson Stengel uh, just caps an extraordinary story mm. of the season uh, after being banned himself for a couple of misdemeanours. And he's the, yeah, he's the Norm Smith medalist. And, um, yeah, and Chris Scott gets the, the legacy premiership that, uh, that he's deserved for so long.
2: Good on you, Ralphie. We'll get back you back next week. We'll, uh, we'll go over the grand final. Plus, we can be brought up to speed with all this player trade news. Ralphie, really appreciate your time this morning. You enjoy this lead-up to the grand final. Enjoy the day itself. We'll chat next week.
1: Thanks, guys.